What's going on? Where they go to 11. I'm Matt. I am my steam machine still worked pokey. And we are they go to 11. And the steam machine that he is speaking of is a VCR. Yeah. I call it a steam machine because I've got all the highest technology and I'm I I shun anything that's less than DVD. Technology just gets you off. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Do you know that there's actually and I saw this the other day. There's actually a... They took a Laserdisc player. Remember Laserdiscs? Oh, I had Laserdiscs. They took a Laserdisc player, converted it, and turned it into a laser vinyl player. Wow. So you can... The size is about right. It is. And you want to know what the price tag is on this thing? Probably a G. Try 15. Get the fuck out. 15 G's and you can have yourself a vinyl laser player. <laughs> In but, about three years, it'll be down to like. Oh, I don't even know if it's going to make it that far. 150. Don't, I, don't, I don't even know if it's going to make it that far. Well, anyway, back to what the purpose of this is. So we are doing a topic that. Pokey is really passionate about, but was actually suggested to us by Sean, who is a big fan of ours. And I didn't say it the last time, but Sean, in in giving us this idea, also sent us his top 11. Um, If you didn't listen to the last podcast, you're a loser. Um, Really? uh, Yeah. Why do you say that? Because why, why are you, you going to be so negative? Because they should have listened to the last podcast. No, just go back and listen to the last podcast. Make sure you get... Then, then I will redeem you from loserdom. Go back and listen to the last podcast. Go and listen to six, to, uh, blah, six through 11. There we go. And uh, catch up and then come back here so you get the whole flavor of everything that's going on here. And Pokey stops calling you a loser. I just want hate mail. That's what it is. I like reading the hate mail. I'm sorry. The hate mail I get and the, the hate tweets I get, I love it. You Absolutely are a fucking it. glutton for punishment, and I, I don't I know love why. It. I love it more than I do the positive ones. You're fucking weird. I know. Isn't it great? No. Welcome to my head. Anyway, so, so what so did Sean, Sean send us? Sean sent us his top 11. Uh, so I'm just going to run down the titles, because he, he does give a little a little bit of a, a little bit of why he why he put each one in. Um, so we'll start with number 11. He has Temple of the Dog Hunger Strike. Um, for those of you who don't know, Temple of the Dog is Pearl Jam meets Soundgarden and a nice, wonderful mashup. Um, unfortunately, it's entering legal mashups right now, but whatever. Uh, number 10 was Weezer with Buddy Holly. Number 9 was Blink-182's First Date. Number 8, Motley Crue with Home Sweet Home. Number seven, Pearl Jam's Alive. Um, number six, Metallica, one. And he, he puts in there one word, Metallica. <laughs> um, number four, Beastie Boys, Sabotage. Number three, The Trilogy, Guns N' Roses, Don't Cry, November Rain, and Estranged. And which he said, November Rain being his... First, Estrange being his second favorite, and Don't Cry being his third. Uh, number two, an iconic video, Michael Jackson's Thriller. And number one, another iconic video, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, the Wayne's World version. That's his number one. Yeah. Wayne's World was, one, it was my intro into Queen, so that to him is what got him into, into hearing Queen. Um, says he's sure for a lot of people in the early 90s. Great song, great video, and the second edit of it included Wayne's World clips. That's just great. The two of them headbanging in the car during the rock part is copied every time you hear the song and that part comes up, you headbang. It's true. You tell me you haven't done it. Right, but do you know the reason why Queen originally did the video for Bohemian Rhapsody? No, I don't. Because they were too lazy to come up with a full-on live performance for a, uh, a show that they were going to be on. Hmm. Interesting. 
Either that or they were just too tanked at the time because Queen was the original excess of excess of excess. And then Joel sent us his 11 through 6. So we'll have to wait till the next podcast we do to debut his 5 through 1. All right. So, so Joel has Three Little Pigs by Green Jolly, uh, which I never heard of. Nope. Never heard of it. So something that I have to go and check out now. Number 10, Give It Away by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Give it away now. Number 9, Addicted to Love. You might as well face it. You're Robert Palmer. To love. Number 8, He Didn't Do the Trilogy. He just did November Rain. By Guns and Roses. November Rain. Number 7, Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Oh, God. And number 6, He, he Agrees with You. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, he doesn't. Go on. He, he agrees with you on Tool. What he do? went he went forty six and two. They're all the same fucked up, twisted, weird ass video. It doesn't matter which one you pick. So, but that that was his thing. So, yeah. All right. So let's pick up now at our number fives. All right. So go ahead. What do you have at number five? Ah, uh, let me get the papers out. I got to show you how to use a computer. They're great machines. In honor of the steam machine, I actually wrote everything on paper. So you can kiss it. So, my number five. Now, you mentioned the band in your top, you know, 11 through 6. Mm-hmm. I took the other route, and I have Freak on a Leash by Korn. Mm-hmm. Now, here, here we have something unique. Not only do we have a team effort, but also a collaboration effort. Um... Mainly the video was directed by Todd McFarlane, mm-hmm. obviously because of all the animated stuff. Yep. However, there were video, there were parts of the video for those of you who don't know that weren't animated, and the stuff that wasn't animated was directed by Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris. Again, seems like all these videos have like common tie-ins. You know, yeah, if you wanted be- a good video, you pick a certain producer. <laughs> Director, director, producer. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that you have that team collaborating with Todd McFarlane. Um, like most Seth McFarlane do a lot of videos too. Yeah, but they're later on. They're in the two thousands. Mm. Um, and and Seth McFarlane is. Are they related in any way, shape? Or I form? don't know. I think they might be. You know what? Seth McFarlane did the stuff for Disturbed on the Ten Thousand Fist album. That's what I'm thinking of. Did he? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He did, um... Uh, the, they did the Genesis cover. Um, yeah, but that was Todd McFarlane that did the animation. No, I thought that was Seth McFarlane. Seth McFarlane is, is family guy and... Yeah. Seth McFarlane's family guy, why, Ted... Why do I think that he did something music-related? Ro- Robot Chicken, maybe? I don't know. He doesn't does show tunes pretty well. <laughs> he actually did put out an album of show tunes. Yeah, he did. That's how, yeah. That's how deep we go in music. But anyway, back to what I was saying. Like most videos at the time, guess where it debuted? Number one. No. <laughs> MTV's TRL. Oh, you okay, you didn't specify. Hey, I said like most videos at the time, it debuted on MTV's TRL. The video took home two Moon Men, one for best editing, mm-hmm. and one for best rock video. And just like my number six, Weapon of Choice, it won a Grammy for best short form video. Once again, I want to know what a short form video is. Look it up. You got the computer. I got paper. Well, ha. Ha ha ha. And I'll figure it out eventually. But... No, it was a really cool concept. And and what to me was unique was that they took the album artwork from Follow the Leader and they incorporated it into the video. Mm-hmm. And when you watch the video, the album artwork made more sense. Mm-hmm. Cause now you see, wait, that's that's the whole I don't want to give it away. I want people to actually go and look this stuff up. I want people to go and look the pictures up. 
I'm not going to say go watch the video because that's the whole point of this. You just said it. Well, whoop dee dee. <laughs> but go look up the album artwork. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Look up the album artwork, then watch the video. Or watch the video and then look up the album artwork. You know, you talked about songs fitting the videos perfectly. Mm-hmm. This was something that the video fits the artwork or the artwork fits the video perfectly. Plain and simple. Fair enough. But but the it, it was cool because Todd McFarlane is known for doing this dark stuff. You know, you, you know he's a he's a comic book, you know, comic book guy and he pretty much does the darkest comic books out there. He did Spawn. Uh, Absolutely. Spawn was also an HBO was also on HBO at times. I think there was an animated series that they aired on HBO. I think so. They but HBO got into some weird stuff. But it was dark. Dark, evil, like uh, fucking I, I'm only just gonna leave it at dark. But then all of a sudden he entered into this realm with corn where he did the album artwork. And then he expanded into music videos where he did that video and then he did Pearl Jam's Do the Evolution and he did Disturbed's cover of Genesis. Right? That was Genesis, right? It wasn't... Yeah, it was Genesis. Okay, yeah. So, his animated videos were fucking great. And they and they fit everything with the songs. You know? Do the Evolution actually, as well as as well as Disturbed, you know, actually fit that dark animation drawing style of Todd McFarlane. Corn's follow the leader, not so much. You know, the Freak on a Leash video, not so much. Yeah, it had its moments, but it was just brief. Yeah, but you watch, you watch through the evolution. You know, you watch through the evolution and. Um, Oh God! What the fuck is the song's t- the song name? Shit. Which song? By Disturbed. Um, the, the Genesis cover. Land of Confusion. Thank you. I'm like drawing a blank. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm on decaf, people. Uh, it's that time of night. But you know, those were dark videos, and they they match the songs, and they they fit the spirit of the song. Absolutely. So, but anyway, yeah, Freak on a Leash by Korn. That was my number five back on topic. All right. Well, we're going to go from dark to odd and uniquely charming because they had a huge hit in the 90s and it was just, where did they go? And then they came back and then it's like, where did they go again? Number five, because it was probably one of the first music videos that I actually enjoyed ever, was Jamiroquai's Virtual Insanity. And when you think about the video, it's the simplest thing turned overly complex. What they did in the video was they were in a gigantic warehouse and they built a, a soundstage. And they padded the walls and they put a couple couches in there. And when they built the the soundstage, they built it on rollers. So as they're performing, they would roll in unison with, I don't even know the guy's name, but in unison with the guy in the video. And it would create this illusion of him kind of floating across the floor along with him dancing around while the room is moving. So it's going all different ways and then at some point I'm sure they CG'd the couch to spin around and then they moved it again and it was very well done for when it came out and they also for some odd reason and I don't know the symbolism behind it or whatever the hell it may be but little black like millipedes or center whatever the hell they are just one of them random coming down the side walking across the floor 
no clue. But it's just a fun video, and I'm it not. Is. I'm <laughs> not going. Once again, this is a music video top eleven list. We're not, I'm not going based upon popularity or song or who directed it or what the concept behind it was or how deep okay, this just, is. No, just, just mock me for for the details here. Well, no, I'm not mocking you for the details because you go. You're going like in depth on this because this is your thing. Yeah, I'm going this from a perspective of you know. How how good was the video for when it came out? How good was it, in my opinion, for somebody who doesn't like a lot of music videos, because I don't watch them all that often, and just how engrossed you become in the video? Like, mm-hmm. you're not, you not going to tell not, me... I'm not going by popularity, obviously. Well, th- to me, this was just engrossing. It was... You sit there, you watch it, and... You feel like you're in this no, it, box it was, with them. It was actually, it was actually really well done. It was a good video. So that's it, just plain and, and it, simple. And it, it does flow with the song. That, that's what that's what I think is is really unique about it. You know, some videos you see done and the, and they just don't flow at all, and you're like, what the fuck? Were yeah, you it didn't. Thinking? It doesn't feel right. It feels forced. Like, but this actually flows nice and smooth. He's dancing with the song, singing it, dancing it, and just. Going with this room, and, and and at the same time, the song itself is so like smooth and and relaxing that the video being like smooth like that, you just you don't realize that's overly complicated. It's sim- It's a simple concept that looks like it's overly complex to execute. Yeah. Because now, what would they do now? They would have this guy sitting on a bunch of green screens yep. and just having the same kind of float around him. No, there was actually a team of people. Moving the motherfucker. See, it's amazing what you used to have to do back in the 90s. I know, right? There was not all these big, complex computers. That was just starting out. You wonder why people watched MacGyver back in the 80s. They watched MacGyver and then they said, hey, music videos. Let me MacGyver some shit up and make it look really fucking good. But what was actually, I think this was the most talented part of the whole thing. Making sure that the floor was completely even all the way through, so you had no clue that they were taking the soundstage and moving it. There you go. And keeping the camera still. All right, number four. So, number four, it's another Spike Jones joint. And, and here's an interesting fact for you. It was all filmed in one day. Okay. Now, I know we talked about green screening, all that stuff, and yes, this one had green screening done to it, but for good reason, for good art, and even had some cameos, because ooh-wee-oo, I look just like Buddy Holly. Okay. Yes, Buddy Holly by Weezer. Uh, It was directed by Spike Jones, completely filmed in one day. Features the band performing at Arnold's Drive-In from Happy Days. All right, so I will say this is my number three, so we can just get this out of the way now. Yeah. Um, had cameos from Al Molinaro, who, for those of you who don't know, was Al from Happy Days. Mm-hmm. And, and when he introduces the band, he doesn't introduce them to the Happy Days town. He introduces them to his hometown. Okay. So so when he says, you know, here from whatever, it's his hometown that he mentions. Um and it has the footage of several things from happy you know, from happy days. However, that scene with the Fonz dancing, mm-hmm. that really wasn't the font like due to creative camera angling and everything and a body double and green screening that's what gave that illusion I could have swore that that was actually on happy days no it was a it was a body double I mean that's the thing they used the body double to do the dancing part and then they probably like I said creative editing everything like that but here's here's an interesting thing and if you've if you've paid attention to our Facebook page you'll know that I've been posting this Guns N' Roses rockumentary and I've posted part two and part two is about 
how the video for Welcome to the Jungle, if that never premiered, then Guns N' Roses would have fizzled out. Maybe. In all likelihood, 85% chance they would have gone nowhere. I don't think Appetite for Destruction would have been as big as it was, but I don't think they would have fizzled out. Nobody wanted to back them. No record company wanted shit to do with them. Yeah, but the same and they were they were signed. Over time. They were signed to Geffen Records, and the the guys at Geffen didn't want anything to do with them, except for one guy who believed in them and went all the way past the acting president to the official president, David Geffen, and pretty much got that video played. But going back on topic here. If you've seen that, then you realize that was David Geffen who got that video played one time Sunday morning, 4 a.m., and all of a sudden the fucking band took off. That's all you need to do. Make a phone call, get one play, end of story. I've learned, and I've seen it here in, in doing my research for Buddy Holly, that once again, David Geffen puts his, puts his power in and manages to pull some strings. So... The actor, the actor who played Potsy in Happy Days, mm-hmm. did not want any footage of himself in the music video. Okay, wasn't he in it? He was, but he didn't want the footage in there initially until David Geffen got on the phone and said whatever the hell he said, and all of a sudden he said, "You know what? Yeah, I want to be in that." Mm. You know, Spike Jones has all this power making great <laughs> music videos. David Geffen has all this power in terms of, I can do that. Don't don't worry, I'll do that. I know somebody who knows some. David Geffen pulls off like fucking miracles. Well, there's a whole book, and actually, if you've ever seen the movie The School of Rock, the little girl who's like yeah. like the head of the band. Yeah. At one point. After they find out, you know, that it's a, that's a whole, you know, sham that Jack Black isn't an actual teacher and it's like the parent teacher conference day and whatnot. She's like, yeah, why is my daughter so obsessed with David Geffen? Yeah. Yes. I Carly was obsessed with David Geffen. Yep. So. But uh, yeah, he he manages managed to pull that off. Um, It did win four moon men. It's amazing. You, you measure success based on VMAs. Uh, four Moon Men. In this particular podcast, yes. Yeah. Uh, two of which were Breakthrough Video and Best Alt Video. So, yeah. yeah that's, that's pretty all right, much well, all I got on that. Well, you pretty much covered all of Buddy Holly. Yeah. You know what, though? It's, it's such a fun video. I loved it. And I almost forgot about it. Well... We know that's like your I said, number three. It was my number three, and I, it, it's just a fun video all the way around. Forget, the, forget the freaking background behind it. It's just a great video. And Here, Here's the thing. You, you wouldn't know that it was green screened until we entered this realm of high definition, blah, blah, blah. Mr. Techie over here who has to see the best quality. Yep. If it wasn't for the fact that, that we watched that on your fucking high definition streaming device... <laughs> on your fucking high definition TV. Damn right. With your fucking super HDMI cables. And you would have had no idea this was fucking green screened at all. It still looked pretty good for being. It did. It did. But it, I mean, you know, watching the, watching it the first time through, if you're not really like up on music or up on anything, you wouldn't have known. No. And you know what, though, considering considering the timing of it, this was before green screening was really that popular. Mm-hmm. And if you watched it on your traditional bubble TV set or or anything not high def, you'd be like, well, these are played in happy days? Really? Yeah. It, it, it's only when you watch it in high def where you're like, oh, yeah, yep. But it's still a cool fucking video. No, it's a it's a really cool video, and I, I really enjoy that one. All right. So I'm going to go number four here, and I'm going to say that this is another one of those kind of, I don't want to say mocking, mock-type videos, because Weezer really wasn't a mock-type video. Mm-hmm. 
But number four is you you wouldn't really expect this from this band at all because they're so like you know we're just gonna do whatever the hell we want and for them to actually put a concept together of mocking the Beatles is kind of out of character for them number four is here they are Nirvana. Nirvana number four is Nirvana's in bloom and you know that the guys couldn't keep it straight all the way through. Like, obviously, they, they merged in, you know, what the Beatles had on Ed Sullivan. And then it's Kurt Cobain just being completely, like, you know, clean cut and hair all, you know, nice and, and, and you know, just groomed. And I love, standing the, there I love and, you know, the dancing like the And they're, you know, just bopping back and forth throughout yeah. the video. And if you actually Dave look Grohl at... makes me laugh. If you look at the suit that Kurt Cobain is wearing, I think it's actually sized a little larger to make him seem like he's got bigger, broader shoulders. <laughs> but yeah, Chris Novoselic is kind of there, you know, bobbing back and forth, doing the whole Beatles thing. And Dave yeah, Grohl... people can't see me here because we don't have video footage, but I'm doing the same thing right now. Dave Grohl's, you know, bopping back and forth and kind of doing, the you know, the crazy drummer thing back there, you know, yeah. being all peppy and up-tempo and... And then by the end of the video, because it's Nirvana, then they start cutting back and forth to what they really are. And they're dressed in dresses. And then they start trashing the set and start throwing, you know, shit into the drums and falling over the drums and the, the so whole So they night. go from the Beatles to the Who. No, they go to Nirvana. Never the Who mind. never wore dresses. No, they threw shit into the... They threw shit into the drums and they wrecked shit and... I don't know. No, but they never wore dresses. Nirvana wore dresses for some odd reason. Remember when Kurt Cobain was actually on Headbangers Ball and came out in a yellow dress? Yeah. <laughs> well, was that him or was that Axel? No, I think that was him. Came out dressed in a yellow-ass dress. That was pretty funny. You know, one thing that I loved about this video is it's not Nirvana. It's Nirvana. <laughs> it's just the way it's said. It. I'm sorry. That makes me laugh every time. And then the way that they superimpose the Ed Sullivan audience into this, it's actually really funny. It, it was really well done. It's a good video. All right. So what's your number three? So you mentioned the whole thing of parodies and all that stuff. And number three is one of my favorite videos of all time. But number two and number one, you know, they just edged it out. And, and honestly, my number three video won a VMA in 2009. They still have those? You know, it's interesting. From doing all this research, do you know in 2007 there was no rock VMAs given? I wonder why. I don't know. Because rock is apparently dead, according to some people. Yep. As all. Whatever. Still some of your hate mail on that one. Um, but yeah, it won a VMA in 2009. And you know what video this is? It's a parody and it's also a homage. It's a tribute. Go on. Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. Oh yeah, you and this song and video. So, yes, it won a video... It won a video music award in 2009. I'll get on to that in a few. Uh, once again, this is another Spike Jones joint. And it's a parody and homage to the 70s crime dramas. As each member in the band plays a role that would be... You know, if you, if you were to sit there and you were to really work on it and expand it... It could really make an epic movie. I would love to turn it into a movie or a TV show. You but, keep saying that every time we talk about this. Oh, it's fucking epic. And here's the thing. When I said I broke out the steam machine, I actually have the official Beastie Boys version of this. And and the funny thing about it is not only do they show the MTV version, but then they show the real version, which has certain scenes of it, you know, which the MTV version edited certain scenes out. They edited out the knife fight and they edited out the explosion, the car explosion. Why? Who knows? Because this was 90s TV and it's probably... Jeez, oh I can't even believe I'm going to say this. It's it's like it was even more strict back then 
than it is now. Oh my god! Like how liberal has our TV become? But but here's here's the funny part when you when you watch the VHS tape, they do this whole intro beforehand where they have the guys dressed up as the actors, and they do this whole interview about the making of of this movie, this fictional movie, and and they asked. I can't remember if it was MCA or, or which one it was. I think it was MCA. He plays he plays the young guy, he plays the rookie. And they asked him, like, so so do you do your own stunts? And he's like, Yeah, you know, I'm classically trained in doing my own stunts. He's like, he's like, <laughs> when I get up on a guy and he does this whole like karate judo move, it's fucking great. He's like, he's like, when I get up on a guy and he stands up out of his chair, he's like, you know, I just gotta be ready to, you know, bet and he just does this freaking weird ass kick. It's funny as hell. But, you know, anyway, the video itself was nominated for five VMAs in 1994. And did it win any? It drew a complete blank. And. I guess it's not getting a movie. And here, here's the, you right for us? So we all sit there and, and we all say Kanye West is, a, is an asshole for bomb rushing the stage and making this whole big fuss about Beyonce well you know what Kanye West is a fucking copycat how about that because in 1994 after being completely shut out on its fifth category where REM won the video as as they approached to go and give their speech all of a sudden, MCA goes running up onto the stage, bum rushes it, disguised as Nathal, Nathan, hang on, <clears throat> Nathaniel Hornblower, <laughs> and interrupts the speech before being carried off by security. <laughs> he sits there and says, you know, this is this belongs to Spike Jones. This this was a this was a nomination that the Go back, YouTube it. Yeah, but you, at, you least, you know actually, what, though? at least he was standing up for himself and the person who actually directed the video. Yeah. Not saying that somebody else should have no. won this. He did it in disguise, too. That was the funniest thing. And you have to find it on YouTube. You can actually find it. It is there. And <laughs> their, their costumes are always the most ridiculous. And Nathaniel Hornblower is not in the video for Sabotage. It's just another one of their fictional characters that they that they love dressing up as. Hey, if it works. And, and then they interviewed they interviewed MCA like a year later or two years later about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, he goes on to say, "Well, son, about how his uncle. Like, you just gotta go watch it. Go find it. <laughs> it's fucking great. You say that about everything. No, this go is fucking it. hysterical. It, 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 see." I'm not talking about the. I'm not talking about the mo- the video. We, we all know you should go watch the videos, but <laughs> but this is that this is that little detail like that shows Kanye West is a fucking copycat. Not only is he a fucking tool, but he's a copycat and a horrible copycat at that. Fair enough. All right, so you talked number three. My number three was Weezer's Buddy Holly. Yep. What do you have at number two? Number two, I have three. Oh, figures. Yeah. The epic 24 minutes and four seconds that cost over $5 million to make. And you wonder why the band went broke. The Guns N' Roses trilogy. Or, if you want to call it, the... I have so much in it. The, the Axel movie special. No, we, we could call it the Guns N' Roses trilogy. We call it the Axel movie special. We can call it the Stephanie Seymour trilogy. Or we could call it the Del James trilogy. The Axel Rose movie special. I like my title better. <clears throat> and that is the three videos Don't Cry, November Rain, and Estranged. Now, of the three, personally, I think Don't Cry has the best production done to it. But I know the others the others have so much more going on and everything, but I think that 
Don't Cry is probably the purest of the three videos. Every time you say Don't Cry, I picture the video for Ozzy's No More Tears. No. That was a ridiculous video. That, that, made, that that's was. A, that's exactly why 80s videos didn't make this list. Yeah. Um, but anyway... You know, it, it was very hard for me to identify directors on these because they really kept it very secretive. Axel essentially directed it. No, I, I know November Rain was directed by somebody else. And I don't know if he directed Estrange and Don't Cry as well. But they refer to this as the Dell James trilogy as it was a, the videos were inspired by his short story called Without You. It could be called the Stephanie Seymour trilogy, although she only appears in two of the videos. However, she doesn't appear in Estrange due to the relationship of her and Axel splitting apart. But if you think about it, she also dies in November rain. In the cold November rain. Now here's some other interesting shit. The order that they were released in don't Cry was released first, then November Rain, then Estranged. So you automatically assume one, two, and three, parts one, two, and three. And apparently the song The General, which was, I don't know, did it make Chinese Democracy or was it cut from Chinese Democracy? I think it was cut from Chinese Democracy. I don't remember that. That was supposed to be the fourth video and the final video of, of the set. Didn't they release a video for Catcher in the Rye? I don't... I don't remember. But yes, I broke out the Steam Machine for this one, too. Because YouTube wasn't good enough. You had every Guns N' Roses video ever made. Yeah, YouTube was great. Anyway. However, there's been fan theory that the order should go... November Rain, Don't Cry and Estranged. And I sat there and, and yes, I did use YouTube for this one. Yay! I watched the videos in the release order of Don't Cry, November Rain and Estranged. Okay, cool. Then I went back and I did it the fan theory way of doing November Rain, Don't Cry and Estranged. And the November Rain, Don't Cry and Estranged order seems to fit a lot more than the one, two, and three, than the release dates. And the only reason I say that is one simple little Easter egg that in all the years I've watched music videos, I never caught until now. Dun, dun, dun. In the 20 years that I've been watching music videos, and this video is like 25-ish years old. Go on. November Rain during that whole that whole performance you see Izzy Stratlin's there uh huh you know Izzy Stratlin's playing with the band yeah go to Don't Cry and if you watch in Don't Cry there's a nice wonderful little easter egg that Duff McKagan has a sign that says where's Izzy he took a coffee break Izzy was out of the band. Izzy was done. Gone. Replaced. Mystery solved. So so think about it like that. Put that put that into your in your pipe and smoke it. So you have you have Izzy Stratlin in November Rain, but not in Don't Cry. And Don't Cry was released before November rain. Dun dun dun. And I forget who I forget who replaced Izzy Stratlin. I don't know his name. You got the computer right there. Look it up while I talk about it. But he appears in all three fucking videos. And here's another little interesting fact for you. And I, I promised you that I would get to Blind Melon when we got to the top five the singer of Blind Melon actually went to high school with Axl Rose and upon flying out to California to start his musical career ran into Rose 
and is actually on the track and in the video for Don't Cry. You'll see him up there on the rooftop in the blue flannel doing uh doing co-vocals up there. You you seem like you you're reading up here. I think it was Tommy something. No. Gilby Clark. That's it. Gilby Clark actually appears in all three videos. Izzy Stratland's only in November Rain. But maybe November Rain should be first then. That's the fan theory. And if you go back and you watch the videos in that order, you watch the videos in the November Rain Don't Cry Estranged Order, it makes a lot more sense. Dun dun You know, you, you see the whole thing in November Rain where you have the 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 wedding and everything leading up to it. And then she dies. Then you have Don't Cry, and Don't Cry kind of reflects back on that a little bit, as well as Axel going, like, fucking, you know, a little bit off the deep end. And eventually it ends where you see Axel Rose looking up at, looking up out of, out of the grave, out of his own grave on his own tombstone. And... You know, you see the beginning. See, this is where I, this is where I would love to have seen a video for the general, because in the beginning of "Don't Cry," you see this this soldier actually marching through the cold. You know, it's obviously Axl Rose playing that. So I'm like, I would have loved to have seen how that ties in, and maybe parts of it would have made more sense, but. It's it's a really good trilogy. Like you can't single one out and say that's the best one because they all have something, and without one, the others don't really exist or don't stand. A strange being the most expensive of the of the three videos uh, costs four million dollars in terms of its budget. And officially, no, the general did not make Chinese Democracy. So the song didn't make it. The video was never made. But I would have loved to have seen... Maybe that would have tied the whole fucking thing together. I could have swore that they did a video for Catcher in the Rye. But... You know... A Strange cost four million. November Rain cost a million. There is no actual budget cost on Don't Cry. But the whole little Easter egg there says, where's Izzy? Makes it kind of apparent that that should be the second video. And and anyone else who's seen these three videos, try the experiment that I tried. Watch it both ways. We all know Estranged is the final part. We all can agree on that. But flip November Rain and don't cry and get back to me. Well, all right then. Well, to put up against your trilogy, I have one of the most highly controversial videos ever released. Yeah. Number two, The Prodigy, Smack My Bitch Up. Wow. Yeah. This That's video, an interesting video. This video, let's put it this way. This bitch. <laughs> Literally. The whole big hoopla about the video is that this guy is running around town and he, like, as he's getting ready, you know, they they show a first-person perspective of him going to the bathroom, presumably taking a shit, doing lines of coke, going out to a club, feeling chicks up, starting a fight, bashing people over the head with chairs picking up strippers, going drinking, puking in the sink of bathrooms, ripping people off the toilets while they're shitting, driving home drunk, you know, then there's tits and everything all over the place, and then every, at the end Every of, video needs titties. Every video needs titties, but that's besides the point. Then, at the end of the video, you know, having sex with this chick that he picked up, and finally, a lot of critics stopped before they got to the end of the video blatantly stopped because of everything that was going on but if you make it to the end of the video 
you are paid off with the biggest twist ever. If you haven't seen it, I don't know, should I spoil it? Nope. Go watch the video. I will tell you this, though. You will need to have a YouTube account to go ahead and actually watch the video. Because they have to age verify you with this one. Because there's titties and everything. But go on, watch the video, make it to the end. If you don't know what the twist is, you are going to be very surprised. But just because of the uproar that this video created, it was like, it was not played hardly anywhere. Maybe MTV censored it late at night and played it. But not only because there was like titties in it or there was, um, you know, just all of this like obscene violence and drug abuse and this and the other thing in the video. It's like, okay, where are we going to put this thing? And this is before the time of, uh, of YouTube and internet videos. So to get this thing on the air, there was massive amounts of edits that had to be done. So if you've never seen it, you know what to go do at this point in time. I'm not going to go into, you know, theory and I'm not going to go into, you know, Easter eggs and, and, and shit like that on this video. Just watch the video, wait till the end and you'll get the payoff. However, I will say that in going back and watching these videos, I find it extremely funny that you see some of like the MTV logos or the uh, the VH1 logos, or if they're from overseas, you see like the overseas logos for the videos actually on these things because people took them off of the VHS and put them on YouTube and left all the logos in it. So actually, you know, what's really funny that I ended up watching one day just completely at random on, on YouTube pop up video. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pop-up video. I love pop-up video. You know you're getting old when you remember pop-up video. Pop-up video. God, that should come back in such a big way. We need more music videos on television. It's good Maybe people up. wouldn't listen to shitty music, but that's another story. So, we've come down to this. What is number one? If you put three videos at number two, what's number one? I had to up your controversial level. You can't. I can. Let's see. What is this? Think. Think. Let's see how well you know me. Oh, yeah. You did the school shooting thing, didn't you? Damn right. I I know that, that. You see, you can't say it like that, though. That sounds really fucked up. Explain it then. Okay. First, let's go with the song. I chose Jeremy by Pearl Jam. Now, first off, it won two Grammys, also won a VMA. It won Viewer's Choice. That was the only VMA that it won. And that was because the only reason MTV really aired it was because there was such a demand for it. Now, there were two versions of this. And ultimately, there was even a third where a lot of shit was edited out. But that doesn't really get mentioned too, too much. The original was directed by Chris Cafaro. And this was before Jeremy was even a single. He was approached by Epic Records. He said, hey, I want you to make a music video. You can choose any song off the album 10. He chose Jeremy. Mm-hmm. They didn't give him a. They didn't give him a budget because they didn't want. They didn't want a music video for it. They said any song but that. He said no. This is the song I want to do. So he went and raised his own money by selling all the furniture in his friggin' house. <laughs> sold the furniture in his house and half his guitar collection to raise the money to make this video. And by the time that he completed it, Epic said, "Hey, you know what?" This is going to be a great single. And they went and they hired Mark Pullington to do the music video. And that's the music video that that's the official music video. Mm -hmm. Now, you call it the school shooting video. Well, that's what is most famous for. So 
the song Jeremy is about a kid who's picked on, who's bullied, and ultimately, in the end, he goes and kills himself in front of his classmates. Now, the lyrics to the song are taken from two parts. Jeremy was an actual real person. Him killing Indeed. himself him killing himself in front of his classmates was a real thing. You know, where you see in the video those you know, all the words and stuff that are scratched in there, like three thirty, such you know, three thirty in the afternoon, such and such, whatever. The actual event happened earlier in the day. Jeremy showed up to class late. Now, you know, that was his name. I don't remember the rest of the deed, but it was Jeremy something. He was always picked on. He was not only picked on by his fellow peers, but also by his teachers. Showed up late to class one day, and teacher pretty much got pissed off at him and said, you know what? In whatever way, pretty much sent him down to go get a go get a late slip. And he ended up, instead of going down to get a late slip, went to his locker, pulled out a gun, went into class, said to the teacher, here's my late slip, and shot himself. And this was like before 11 a.m. So the pressure of struggling with all kinds of stuff that adolescents struggle with gender identities and peer pressure and and stuff at home combined with the fact that he's getting bullied at school drove him to do this now the second verse to the song you know the clearly I remember picking on the boy you know Eddie Vedder Mm -hmm. saying that I remember because is actually the other part to this to this song is actually from Eddie Vedder's perspective because at one point in time when he was in elementary school Eddie Vedder was that bully he's a bastard so that clearly I remember picking on the boy seemed a harmless little fuck you know it, it was his take as to what he did back in elementary school not realizing until reading this story that that could have such an impact on somebody and turning around now and saying what the fuck was I thinking Eddie Vedder wasn't a nice kid but you know when when in retrospect when he goes back and he reads this article yeah it's just like what the fuck was I thinking you don't realize it the kids don't think but you know you you watch this video and it's controversial and many people misinterpret the whole shooting thing in the end as Jeremy went and shot his class up I'm not gonna lie up until a few years ago I felt the same way just based on the way that the blood spatter was on the kids and you know a few years ago I kind of looked at it a little differently and then I actually, you know, as always, I did the research on this one. And many people approached, you know, Paulington and, and said, oh, you know, that whole thing was just like what happened at Columbine. He said, no, that's not what happened. Nope. And he, he gets pissed off at people who approach him about that. Well, it's not the same thing at all. No. It, it, many people don't realize that the kid shot himself and that the blood spatter is... You right, know, his blood. And if people took one second to realize that, but it's still controversial. Oh, it is. <laughs> it by, no, by no stretch of the imagination is it not controversial? You know, but it. You know, but the video actually depicts what kids and adolescents in America struggle with. You know, many people don't realize it, but just the way that it's done. If you haven't seen it, you see the kid, you know, trying to trying to distinguish his roles in in life, you know, playing with the gender identification, dealing with the with the arguing and the fighting at home and the the parents, you know, the parental stress on his life, you know, not being heard by by not only his parents but by the world itself, 
you know, going into this dark, secluded world where it's only himself and then saying, I can't deal with it anymore, can't deal with the pressure. And he spoke in class that day. Um, yeah, it kind of speaks volumes. But I'm going to end this whole thing on an interesting fact and try to move on here. Go on. The classroom scene in that video was actually filmed in Bayonne at Bayonne High School. That's here in Jersey. Yeah. Just so everybody knows. I, I, I thought people knew we were from Jersey. Well, now they do. But we're not from the Jersey Shore. Nowhere near the no. shore. We don't sound like we're from the Jersey Shore, well, at least not to us. No. <laughs> and, and and many people say we're, we're Central Jersey. Me, I like to say we're South Central. In no way, shape, or form are we South Central. We are. Central Jersey is anything from the Parkway Bridge. All right, let's not get into New Jersey geography. This isn't a geography class. And many of you don't know what the fuck the Parkway Bridge is. Exactly. So let's cut it off there. Hang on. Uh, you go north and south Jersey. Do you call it pork roll or Taylor ham? Some is people won't even know what that is. is. I know it's delicious. Oh, good God. Yeah, if you don't know what Taylor ham is or pork roll is, <laughs> I go, feel sorry Go for find me. it and try it. Good luck. <laughs> okay, so let's bring this back to what we're here for. Number one. Dun, dun, dun. Is one. Why did I... I should have seen that coming. Number one is one. Go ahead. I, I, I know why. You've already told me this one. Metallica, number one. You, you now, knew Sean, Jeremy was going to be my number one. Now, Sean mentioned that this was his number six, or somewhere in the middle of his list. Sean, much like I tell Pokey, you did your list wrong. Oh, stop it. Okay. My list was done right. No. Well, you put, you put, I will give you this. You put a lot of thought into it. It didn't turn into the Zeppelin debacle from last time. That's a whole nother story. If you don't know what that is, go listen to the last podcast and figure that out. But I will tell you this, that Metallica's one was number six for Sean. Yeah, it was number six for Sean. It was a, it is such a powerful video. This is Metallica's first video they really didn't want to do videos nope never ever ever had any interest in doing any videos nope but somebody talked them into eventually doing the video and the movie that they actually got all the clips from and it's a great inclusion because Metallica you know instead of standing there awkwardly playing they don't use like crazy camera angles and things like that instead of just standing there awkwardly they found this movie that fits their song perfectly the movie's called Johnny Johnny's Got His Gun or Johnny, Johnny got, got Your Gun no Johnny Got His Gun I thought it was Johnny Get Your Gun no it's Johnny Got Johnny Got His Gun you sure about that positive yeah. I have the computer right in front of me but oh by the way hmm? I had this on Steam Machine too two of one is what the what it was called they have the MTV version, and then they have the uh, the actual oh, version. I, version. Yeah. And Metallica released the DVD with all of their videos on it a couple years ago, and well, probably more than a couple years ago at this point. But um, they, yeah, they put this video out, and it was as epic as the song is on its own, and... Uh, this, just the premise of the song of a soldier losing all of his limbs in battle and the, the psychosomatic trauma that came along with it they found a movie that they took clips from and bought the rights to the movie to use it in their video and it is one of if not the most in my opinion epic videos of all time and it's not done in a very this is done in the 80s so if you think about what else was out in the 80s at the time actually this is the only video on either of our lists that came out in the 80s and it's a damn good one compared to some of the other 80s slop that we looked at um but yeah if you think about like what else was big at the time this is 80 889 
maybe teetering at 90. But if you think of... 87, 88. Yeah. Somewhere in there. But think of like Bon Jovi and think of like Def Leppard and all of that stuff that was like big in the 80s. And it's like, this is the complete opposite. And even fun fact, Mr. I Love Music videos, the director for the video had to shoot around the fact that James Hetfield on his guitar wrote fuck Bon Jovi. I found that very, very interesting, but it goes, it just, it goes to speak like you have two sides to everything. You don't see the grittier side until years later. Like everything that's going on in like in the world right now. Yeah, it's very big and prominent like that. And finally, you know, the grittier side of, you know, what's been going on is finally coming to light years later. Same thing in music. You see Bon Jovi and Def Leppard and all of those guys become unpopular. And here's Metallica doing the dark, gritty side of music at this point in time. And nobody really wanted to show it. It might have been popular later on at night, but it was most certainly not, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon MTV music videos. Unless it became that popular and MTV could somehow profit on it at the time. But Metallica you know, just made this epic video for a song for the time again, eight minutes long, and it worked. Hmm. Interesting. And then to fill and then then also to fill in time, you know, they included the movie clips. Nobody who included movie clips in their videos? No one. But you sounded like you added something to say. What do you got? No, that that's actually ah. you actually you actually covered it pretty damn well. I, I got to give you that because I love that video. It, it it's a good video. Hey, I have it on VHS, so yeah, it's a <laughs> and it wasn't a bootleg VHS. It wasn't like a I went out and and bought a blank tape and recorded it off the internet. No, off the internet, off the TV, off the TV. <laughs> I recorded it off AOL. <laughs> bing, bing. That was the worst dial-up sound ever. Well, let's hear you do a better one. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, I actually had it on VHS. I actually went out to a record store. They did exist at one point. Mm -hmm. And I purchased it and it joined my collection of music videos. I told you I had the Sabotage one. I had the Sublime one. I had Metallica's two of one. I even had a Metallica live VHS too. Um, I had Live Ra- Shit Binge and Purge? No. The, another one they did. Um, I had a Rage Against the Machine one. And, and you want to know the fucked up part? I still have all these. I thought you were going to say you taped over it with like taxi cab confessionals. No, I still have all of them. Okay. So, yeah. All that right. shows you how much I like music videos. And now they're all in one great place called YouTube. Fuck you, <laughs> Tube. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and rewind it. Bring it back. Uh, Five to one. Number five. I had Freak on a Leash by Korn. Number four, I had Buddy Holly by Weezer. How do you lose track of your pages like that? Number three, I had Sabotage (laughs) by the Beastie Boys. Number two, I had the 24-minute and four-second long Guns N' Roses trilogy or the Del James trilogy or the Stephanie Seymour trilogy, depending... And number one, I had the most controversial video with Jeremy by Pearl Jam. All right. So, number five, the fun and lighthearted Jamiroquai, Virtual Insanity. Number four, Nirvana in Bloom. Number three was Weezer's Buddy Holly. Number two, the ever controversial Prodigy Smack My Bitch Up. And number one, One by Metallica. Really? What? 
One is one. Exactly. One is one. Anyway. So, once again, as always, you could check us out on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash. They go to 11. Yeah, I've always been calling it backslash. No, it's just slash. slash. They go to 11. Spell it all out. Uh, They go to 11.wordpress.com. The official site. Yep. Uh, and the email address, they go to 11 at yahoo.com. And, and again, as I said before, I love reading all the hate mail. So just in the subject, just put hate mail, hate mail, just hate pokey, hate mail, blank podcast. So that's why I know what's in reference to before I go reading it. Cause I do find it quite funny. I've gotten some really good ones. I'm sure <laughs> especially you after, have, especially after the Led Zeppelin one. I'm sure that you have. Yeah. I try to stay on the good graces of everybody. For some reason, you like hate mail. It's it's fun. It really is fun. You have a sick and twisted definition think about of fun. It. Think about it. The people who send me the hate mail are the people who listen to the podcast. And even after sending me the hate mail, they still listen. They're not losers. Unlike the people who don't listen to the podcast and then just send me hate mail for the shits and giggles of it. Who, how would they know to send you anything if they don't listen? Because they might just listen to, oh, 11 to 6 or, or just 5 to 1 and might miss things. No, these people who send me hate mail, it's like we have a personal relationship. A sick and twisted relationship that bond. should be going to counseling. You know, I mean, you know how for how many years of my life people have told me I need to go to counseling? Yet you still don't listen. Isn't it great being me? I would second guess that, but sure. You've known me how many years? Yeah, I know, and I'm a glutton for punishment at this point in time. All right. Anyway, we are They Go to 11, and I'm Matt. And I am... I still use paper... Okay, no, no, I can't can't go with that. I still use paper pokey. (laughs) That would actually work perfectly. That would work perfectly. We just got done talking about how I have this weird, twisted sense of something, so... I am the weird out of this world should be going to counseling apparently loves hate mail pokey. You're a weird Al pokey. That'd be kind of cool. I actually met weird Al. He's an awesome guy. And we are you the go to 11. Wait, 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 wait. No, we're going <laughs> to stick with the I still use paper pokey. Okay. And since I still use paper, guess what I get to do? I get to crumble it up when I'm done. You, my friend are an environmental an environmental person's worst nightmare. And I had two nightmare. sheets this time, so I get to throw two sheets at you. Wasting paper and killing trees. Good job. So anyway, we are They Go to 11, and I'm Matt. And I am Pokey, and I'm sure I'll see some hate mail from some environmentalist. Yep. And we are They Go to 11, so turn it up. We'll talk Later. to you next time. Later. <laughs>